Support for the South Carolina lead is made possible in part by Columbia Metropolitan Airport. For more information, flycae.com. Hello and welcome to the South Carolina lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on January 24th, 2022 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at the Senate debate over its newly passed congressional map and what's on tap this week under the copper cupola in Columbia. In business, we hear from several state economists on how the state's fiscal year is shaping up and data on the state's fluctuating labor force. And in medical, we learn about a new version of Omicron seen spreading in Europe. Yes, viruses like to mutate. And we hear the latest on the current surge in South Carolina from DHEC. Also, we want to hear your stories, so we set up a voicemail box to hear from you all about your lives. Call us at 803-563-7169. You have up to three minutes to tell us your name, where you're calling from, and a little bit about what's going on in your world. We love hearing from you guys. We do this for you. You know, we have a variety of (laughs) incendiary topics to talk about if you've been listening lately, so... Uh, check it out. Give us a call. Don't feel the pressure. I know one of our, our listeners is a little pressured to call in about the whole ranch debate. Don't worry. We're not going to judge you. Anyway, 803-563-7169. And thanks. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is widespread, ongoing, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 15,098 total deaths. And currently, there are 1,265,710 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of January 24th at 4 p.m. Now, just to note, this is not the latest data. DHEC originally said Monday that due to the winter storm over the weekend, that it doesn't have complete data yet. It then revised that to say that to ensure accuracy from Thursday through Sunday, that the data will be delayed until Tuesday. So we'll have a more complete picture for you in our next pod. But what we do know is that our current percent positive is 32.9%. There are 2,468 South Carolinians hospitalized with COVID-19, 437 are intensive care, and 225 are on ventilators. All those metrics continue trending higher week over week. There's no slowdown there. Currently, 52.7% of eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. If you're keeping track, every time I update this, it's by a tenth of a percent. So drip, drip, drip. It was a long second Thursday in the Senate, which is rare both for a Thursday and this early in the session. But maybe it's indicative of a new pace in the upper chamber? Maybe? Well, we'll parse that another time. Today, we're parsing part of the debate that kept the senators there so long, the new congressional map. The Senate, along party lines, adopted the Judiciary Committee-approved map that reduces competition in the 1st Congressional District, which has seen substantial growth according to the 2020 census, and flipped Democrat in 2018 then back to Republican control in 2020, something Democratic senators say wouldn't be possible under this plan. Here's Columbia Democratic Senator Dick Carpullian debating the map with Charleston Republican Senator Chip Campson. Take a listen. I mean, wouldn't you want Charleston County to be whole if you had that choice? Wouldn't you want... You know, actually, Senator, no. You don't want... Wait a minute. I mean... Wait a minute, wait a minute. You folks in Charleston watching this, 
Your senator just said he does not want you all to be in the congr same congressional district. I want Sen to make sure. Senator, because, because I believe that having, I'd rather have two congressmen advocating for my county than one. And so I don't think it's a, it's, it's terrible that that happens. I think that Jim Clyburn representing Charleston has been good for Charleston. I think that a Republican member of Congress representing Charleston County has been good for Charleston. Because when it comes to doing something for Charleston County, it's kind of like what most of our legislative delegations are like. It's, it's, it's about pocketbook issues. Are we going to, example, are we going to get funding to deepen Charleston Harbor? Under the Biden administration, if we needed something like that under the Biden administration, I'd much rather have Congressman Clyburn being our spokesman, trying to get that. Now, we can't talk about Charleston and the 1st Congressional District without input from the senator who has the most Charleston constituents, and that is Democratic Senator Marlon Kimson, Brown liquor. who said that folks he has talked to want to see the district be as geographically whole as possible and refutes Kimson's claim of greater representation for the area. We got no Republican votes for the American Rescue Act, so how all of a sudden... Senator from Charleston, is that two congressmen supporting the low country? It's not. Then we moved to infrastructure. Millions of dollars. Only last time I checked the roll, there was no Republican congressman that supported infrastructure. What's all this two Congress people working together? Because the, the, the record does not bear that. But what I have done is I've engaged with the people I represent, the majority of the citizens of Charleston County, and unequivocally, the majority want to be left whole. They don't want to be in a hodgepodge of 17 other counties. Kimson, who has his roots in the Columbia area, said the 6th Congressional District encompasses too many different communities of interest, a problem many have had with the proposed plan. I love Richland County. But we ain't got no interest. We ain't got no interest with King Street and North Charleston with the Hugh Leatherman Terminal. Many of the people in Richland ain't even been to the Hugh Leatherman Terminal. That is a whole juggernaut in and of itself. Swinging back to the Midlands, Senator Herpulian said this congressional map boils down to race and recalled his time growing up in the white suburbs of segregated public schools in the 60s and then his slow realization of racial division as he went to a recently integrated Clemson in 1966, covering the Orangeburg Massacre and the death of Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968 as a student journalist. Harpoolian fast-forwarded to the 1980s on Richland County Council and the Department of Justice ruling that created single-member districts that led to greater representation of the entire county on the council. He said this racially driven map is rooted in a plan proposed by the National Republican Redistricting Trust and will again result in judicial intervention to settle. But the plan that was proposed is very much it's this plan. Um, we never had any input into it. We never discussed it. We were never called back in the map room. We were never asked anything about the contours of it. It just appeared, uh, you know, sort of an immaculate deception, if you will. It was created in a back room, literally in a back room. And as you voted on it today, um, I don't think that you really had an understanding of what it does. Harpoolian's amendments and others proposed by senators were shot down during session. With the House set to approve the measure this week, 
Harpulian gave this outlook of what it means for the future congressional delegations as well as the state house. If we continue to go this route, then the minorities in both parties, the minority position in both parties will dominate primaries and they will dominate your party and my party, whether it's Antifa for the Democrats or the traitorous scoundrels that took over the United States Capitol and attempted to disrupt democracy. Um, and by the way, in another lifetime, uh, those folks should have been hung. I just say that you don't commit that kind of conduct without consequences. I don't believe this 48-month sentence stuff is enough. Senate Republican leader Shane Massey said race was not the primary consideration for the map that was adopted and that Harpoon's proposed plans would break up other districts in the state as well as cities and counties that have mutual interests. The, the map that the Senate adopted earlier actually has a larger percentage of African-American voters than the first has today. So I ask, how then did the Senate bleach it when it created, when it had more of an African-American voting population in the new map than in the existing one? Secondly, the senator from Richland argues, and, and I think what he said was that the map that the Senate adopted earlier today um, made it such that African-Americans were dis disproportionately pushed into the 6th district. I would point out first, if we look at the statistics, the map that the Senate adopted earlier today actually has a lower African-American um, voting population in the 6th under what we adopted than what it is in the current. So not only did we not push more black voters into the 6th, we actually pushed some out of the 6th, a significant number. I would say further that the senator's proposal, which is presumably offered to correct this focus on race, particularly as he um, are, talked so much about the 6th District, the senator's plan actually packs more black voters into the 6th District. So I, I would argue, Mr. President, that the plan adopted by the Senate earlier today is better for the senator's arguments than what the senator proposes himself. Okay, so that was six hours of the state Senate condensed into just under six minutes. It's the magic of a podcast, baby. Now, the map, like I said, heads to the House where it is set to be approved, and then we'll head to the governor, and then probably, most likely, definitely end up in court. We'll eventually see what happens with the congressional filing and primary deadlines in the weeks to come. Now, in non-map news, for the rest of the week, the medical marijuana debate starts in the Senate. So be on the lookout for that. On Wednesday, a Senate subcommittee will take up two abortion bills in a meeting that is currently not set to be streamed. The Senate Education Committee will take up bills dealing with non-certified teachers and unencumbered work time, as well as a loan forgiveness program for certain medical professionals. Over in the House, there are budget subcommittees meeting and some other bills to note, including a House Education Meeting Wednesday dealing with several that would prohibit critical race theory from being taught in public schools, including institutions of higher learning, there's a bill to protect people from ideological coercion and indoctrination in places of learning, childcare, and employment that receive or benefit from state funds directly or indirectly, 
and other bills as well to watch. So a busy week, which means we'll have a jammed up pod for you on Saturday. And of course, you can watch hearings, find these bills, and do so much more at scstatehouse.gov. Well, lawmakers have a few billion dollars extra to budget with this year, but how is the current fiscal year shaping up? I'm glad you asked. Here is Revenue and Fiscal Affairs Executive Director Frank Rainwater, mixing the good news with the healthy dose of reality that he and his team have been delivering throughout these past few months when it comes to these massive revenue hauls. Revenue growth through December continues to exceed expectations. While we believe this level of growth, though, is temporary and unsustainable, this high level of growth is temporary and unsustainable, and we still believe at some point it will flatten and we're going to return to historical patterns. Determining when this change will occur is the critical issue in determining our adjusting our forecast going forward. Our challenge in identifying this change is that revenues are often our leading indicator. And we may notice this change in revenues before we have any economic or other data to show us what's going on. Because the current revenue growth is so strong, the risk to the budget estimate is quite significant. If this change uh, occurs more slowly or later, that means we'll continue to undershoot our revenue. That means our estimate will continue to undershoot actual performance. If this change happens sooner than we expected, we're likely to overestimate. Our revenue estimate will be overestimating. In the normal years, uh, we get four, five, four, five, or six percent revenue growth in a year. The past few months, we've seen double digit growth, and growth for this first six months has been 20%. So, to reiterate, growth has been a staggering 20% for the first half of the state's fiscal year which is July through December. It's unknown when those revenues will come back down to earth, which makes the Bureau of Economic Advisors' job a bit tricky when it comes to projecting just how much money lawmakers will have to use for the 2023 budget, which they're writing right now. The BEA has been conservative with its previous estimates, which result in budget surpluses when money coming into state coffers from things like sales, income, corporate taxes, and others surpass those estimates. The group of economists will revise budget estimates next month, so hold your breath. But so far, the state is up $626 million for the first six months, which, like we said, is a growth rate of about 20.2%, thanks in part to a record-breaking haul in December. For comparison, we actually estimated 8% growth for the first six months of the fiscal year. So it's not like we were unduly pessimistic. We, we had eight, over 8% growth expected in the first six months, but for our first six months, but we actually experienced 20% growth. And just as reference, in the past 20 years, we've only had five years to exceed 8% growth. Now, despite that record growth, the group expects a slowing in spending and growth that will return to normal levels, though the Omicron surge doesn't appear to have had much of an impact on things right now. But wage increases are helping fuel growth that will remain. Though there has been a big increase in retirements and folks moving to South Carolina for retirement, 
Here's Ben Coomer discussing how that factored into what the labor force looked like at the end of 2021. Uh, The end of the year in particular saw massive increases in the number of retired individuals. The rolling yearly average is uh, 72,000 above the trend at the end of the year. And while this does reflect current South Carolina employees retiring, um, it also includes individuals moving to South Carolina for retirement. But this is still a significant number. It's a similar story for individuals who have left the labor force for all other reasons. So for health concerns, for family obligations, um, because their children's schools have gone uh, to remote learning. Um, But last meeting, we looked at this metric and saw that it looked to be returning back towards the uh, current trend line. Um, But towards the end of the year, this saw a similar uptick um, as retirements did. Um, Right now, it's about 50,000 above the trend for the yearly average. And it can be very noisy due to seasonality, um, but that's an excess of 120,000 people this past year who left the labor market for the medium to long term. That's more than 5% of total employment leaving unexpectedly, and that doesn't even include unemployed individuals. As for inflation, well, yeah, it's there and will be through most of the year, but state economists don't see it playing an outsized role in affecting growth projections. So, in case you were worried about that. Let's lead off medical with some developing Omicron news. Reuters reported on Friday that the UK Health Security Agency designated a sub-lineage of the dominant and highly transmissible Omicron coronavirus variant as a variant under investigation, saying it could have a growth advantage. We're talking about BA2, which does not have the specific mutation seen with Omicron that can help to easily distinguish it from Delta. It's being investigated but has not been designated a variant of concern. Now, the British said that 40 countries had reported BA2 sequences, with the most samples reported in Denmark, followed by India, Britain, Sweden, and Singapore. So more research is forthcoming there. But this is what viruses do. They evolve, they mutate. That's what they love to do. That's why protective measures like PPE, vaccines, boosters, distancing, and quarantine, while no doubt annoying, exist and are recommended. Okay, let's move on from sublineages. Now, there have been seven weeks of increasing cases in the state, including several at exponential rates. It appears right now that our cases may have peaked for the week ending January 15th, when, based on revised numbers, we reached 115,305 cases. That's one week right there. Now, we've had a huge backlog from some vendors, test availability was an issue, and more people are testing at home. So we don't have the entire picture we can point to, but we still are looking at that as the peak right now. Not saying we can't surpass that, don't hold me to it, but cases and our moving averages began ticking down last week. We're still awaiting more data from DHEC, like I said, at the top. But Dr. Brandon Traxler, DHEC's Director of Public Health, said last week that data is promising. And apologies, this audio is a bit warbly. The data that we're seeing um, internationally from South Africa and United Kingdom, um, and some now emerging from Canada and some in Europe, are encouraging in terms of the duration um, and then the sharp decline of, of this surge. So these are only a few countries, and they're all locations that are very different from the United States and, and South Carolina in many ways. Here in the United States, um, there are encouraging signs 
from uh, states that began the surge earlier than we did, uh, especially some of those northeastern states who may be experiencing the beginnings of a plateau. So not outright saying it there, but we'll keep a close watch on those case rates. Now, even though deaths lag behind case rates, we still haven't seen any massive spikes similar to the previous surges in September and last January. Speaking of those somewhat seasonal spikes, this is what Dr. Traxer had to say about COVID becoming endemic. So a disease, um, in this case, the the virus or the disease caused by the virus is endemic when that um, condition here again, that virus is found regularly in a certain area or among a specific population, um, as opposed to the more uh, unpredictable and exponentially growing surges um, or worse, continued spread that doesn't have any flow that we see with the pandemic. Endemic conditions um, in general are overall are more manageable. There certainly can be exceptions, but a large part of that is due to there being uh, a greater level of immunity for the population. As to whether uh, we will be seeing different strains every year, uh, similar to like we do with the flu, um, that is still to be determined. It will depend on the evolution of this virus and its genetic mode. And how about a little endemic segue, a flu update. DHEC reported on January 19th that though the flu is widespread for the fourth week in a row, there's been a decrease in reported flu activity throughout the state. That's good. We had our highest peak of cases four weeks ago. Now, hospitalizations are far below the 2019-2020 season, and only two deaths have been reported. Compare that to the five-year seasonal average of 25. Keep washing those hands, folks. Wash the hands. Save a life. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and we want to hear your stories as well. Tell us how you're handling things. Um, that's all you can think of? That's all I got. Ranch, your, your dipping sauce of choice. Oh, so many dipping sauces to talk about. Denim, denim? Spreads versus salads. Oh, man. Denim, footwear, <laughs> football. I mean, all the top news that we can talk about. Ukraine. <laughs> We can talk about Crimea versus mainland Ukraine. I mean, whatever it is. Come on, weigh in. I think that's what the kids are talking about. The wind down is all about geopolitics Mm -hmm. and war games and just game theory. Let us know what you think is going to (laughs) happen in the next day, two weeks. Who could say? Two months. What's the difference at this point? (laughs) Can anyone predict anything? What is time? Yes. Let us know what you think it is at 803-563-7169. You know, it's not supposed to be a... A wind up section, but sometimes we get a little wound up. Here. Sometimes you sometimes need what you need. Okay, up. sometimes okay. you need what you need. But uh, at we got a voicemail, brother. Yeah, we got a voicemail, uh, and it's 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 not a double. We're not double dipping here, but we got it. We got a little two for. We got a two for one here. Okay, is that allowed <laughs> by our bylaws and protocols? Uh, I had to go through very esoteric scrolls. Yes, I had to read a bunch of runes, but um, <laughs> our founding documents. <laughs> yes. LA, I mean, it's yes, yes, thick. yes, exactly right. So uh, ultimately, it, it it's not illegal. Okay, is how I can. Okay, say very great. It, it sounds yeah. like. <laughs> let this one go. <laughs> We're let this one go. And honestly, I think we can promote it. I, this is good. Oh. This is good for us. I mean, a little bit of change. If you say so. <laughs> so uh, as an elder. Yeah, as an elder, I've read all the scrolls, okay? <laughs> uh, so anyway, let's get to it. Hey, guys. This is Andrew and my 10-year-old daughter, Mirabelle, calling in from Anderson, South Carolina. And so we've had a eventful last couple weeks. So 
So Mirabelle, a couple weeks ago, your school was getting ready to go down to a big overnight field trip on the coast to Barrier Island, and then what happened? We got intercepted during our lunch, and we had a big long speech about it, but the main idea was our field trip was canceled because of Omicron and COVID. Yeah. How did that feel? I was okay with it, mainly because I had a a problem with packing. <laughs> She's a tough girl. Um, okay, so the field trip was canceled, and then you guys went home for the weekend, and you brought your Chromebooks, your laptops, in case what happened? We had e-learning on Tuesdays, and they were very correct about it. They even decided that we should have the entire week off. Yeah. So, okay, why did you have e-learning on that Tuesday? Because it snowed on Sunday, and they were worried about the roads and the ice, and also because they needed a good excuse to escape on the con. <laughs> so how was the snow and the ice? Did you have fun with that? Yes. We um, had snowball fights and sledding, and one thing I liked about the e-learning was that you could sleep in and then do your work because you didn't have a absent or tardy pass. Yeah, yeah. But the snowball fights are a good time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Did we find anywhere? Where did we find to go sledding? What did we do then? We went into this medical park by our neighborhood, and there's a good hill for it. And then anything else going on lately? Uh, I got vaccinated, so it's slightly easier going to school and not having to worry about Omicron. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, keep up the good work, guys. See you on the show. Andrew and Mirabel from Anderson. Hello. Love hearing from you guys. Uh, bummer about the field trip getting canceled. Oh, God, field trips were like the best thing <laughs> oh, Yeah, back in the day. I mean, love it. But there was a silver lining there, you know. Packing is a pain. I, I can it, never, it only gets harder. Y- yep. I mean, you're always going to pack a thousand pairs of underwear for no reason. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, you end up wearing the same stuff. Oh, we're talking about like other clothes. But, you know, you, you pack all these different outfits and then you wear the same shirt and jeans. Well, maybe you not. So I don't have too. jeans yet. Yeah, not so, yet. So we're working through this. <laughs> we're, we're there on the way. But you know what I mean, pants. You know, <laughs> oh, overalls, jeans. coveralls. Okay, yeah, yeah. I wear coveralls. I really like Slipknot. Um, <laughs> but um, I will say that snow, I think, makes up for the, the missed field trip, right? Sure, I mean, That's totally. pretty exciting. Uh, especially when you find a good sledding hill, you lock that down before it becomes just mud. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta fight off people for it. I remember we there was a sick one in my town, but it was on a private golf course, mm-hmm. and we would get chased off all the time. <laughs> yeah, because you're messing it up. Yeah, <laughs> this gotta be pristine greens, brother. No, oh. man, we're we're making jumps, okay. <laughs> But a yeah, real bummer that your trip got canceled, Mirabelle. But thank you for calling. Yes. I absolutely love that. Um, and a- Andrew from Anderson. You're doing our work for us. You're, we got we got people, dispatches from around the state, doing Wonderful. interviews for us. I absolutely love that. Wonderful. So We need to start plotting everyone that we've heard from. I you know, I listened to the BBC World News podcast, which I highly recommend, especially— This, is, this, this feels is my, like a brag This is me. my geopolitical tie. No, I, you know, it's part of my new, it's part of my news podcast— morning routine yes and uh they do this little thing where they they kind of map all the different people who listen and they call and email and they say where they're calling and listening from so it's really exciting sometimes you hear from you know random spots in america like oh my gosh you know way to go you know tony in 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 terre haute you know or like (laughs) i was trying to think of an ohio town (laughs) i could make fun of but uh maybe i'll just say it for myself i could say lima which i lived lived in for a year and but uh, that's a, not that's a, a brag. Not a, <laughs> so not a brag. You know, and I will say though, you know, there's something to be said about living and working in a small town 
when you've come from different places because you, you know, everyone's like, oh, how, how could you live there for a year? How'd you do it? Oh, my gosh, in your 20s. Because if you approach everything as an experience, like, okay, well, I've done that. I can say I did it. It was never going to be like my end all be all. But it's just good to learn what it's like in different parts, different communities. Glass half full Different guy sizes. Over here. You know, you got to Gavin, be. Gavin's a cheer, I, cheeriest guy I, I love, know. Uh, I'm, I think one of my biggest qualities, some would say, mm-hmm. is adaptability. Sure. I would say. You're like a cockroach. I can never die. <laughs> <laughs> You're, he's 560 years old, folks. <laughs> Botox, okay? Botox, Botox and what hydration. I tell you, oh, you okay, got to moisturize, it. too. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Gavin, Mirabelle, yeah, just, she had a blast sledding snow. What, what did you do in the snow this weekend? There was no, I had no snow. You didn't have. Oh, snow? we had snow here. I was at a friend's house. Yeah, and in the morning it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It was rough. fun to see at night. Uh, it came at the right time because if it was during the day, of course I would have just poof. Mm-hmm. But it was exciting. We were in it for a little bit. Then I was like, okay, it's cold. I want to go inside. Uh, as someone who uh, professionally poo-poos things, you know, <laughs> yes. um, I will say, like, I was, I was like, it's not gonna snow. It's not gonna snow. And it snowed a little bit, yeah. but what I'll give it is it, we had the big, fat, nice flakes, mm-hmm. like yes. very, very good, good flakes. snowflakes coming yes. down. I mean, eh, you can't hope for better ones. I actually saw a um, a snowman. <laughs> there was no more snow left in the yard, but there was a snowman in a small yard in the Shandon area of Columbia. Mm, and I Shandon. was like, oh, my God, <laughs> how they managed to make that. How big thing? was it? It was a decent size, probably four feet tall. Mm, that's not bad. When, no, they're, when they're like a how, foot and a half, those yeah. are sad because those are always made of dirt snow. Yes. You know, they might have had to borrow some snow from a neighbor's yard, but it was impressive. I mean, you, you pay it forward with the it's snow. It's like two right? inches at the airport here, so very, very, very exciting time. More than I thought it was going to be. Um, can you give us a jeans update, At? You okay. updated me this morning. I, want, uh, I think our listeners want to know. Uh, <laughs> jeans denim update. mound. Denim. Denim. Uh, well. <laughs> I mean, uh, I uh, so I ordered jeans and they did come Saturday, mm-hmm. but so uh, we ordered two styles: mm. a slim straight and a slim. The slim they fit my legs just fine, but the waist they just fell down. Mm-hmm. It's too big. Yep. I was like, oh, ooh, I guess I lost more weight than I thought. I'm mean, like, and if these are the same size as my dress pants, my dress pants don't fit anymore. <laughs> Yahweh. And uh, the slim straights were just uh, swaggerless. So mm-hmm. at least on me, I'm not no no hating anyone that wears some sw- slim straights around here. Yeah. But uh, it just wasn't for me. So we're returning at least the slim straights. Mm-hmm. And Caitlin also uh, these were both black jeans. And Caitlin has now ordered me uh what is it a light wash jean? Like mm-hmm. well, they're they're light. Well, um, you know if these jeans don't work out, I feel like I'm gonna have to intervene. God bless <laughs> Caitlin. But like you know, like I've been saying, I love my lucky brand jeans. Yes. Uh, the Lucky Brand store down in Charleston is no longer, unfortunately, so we can't really go there. But I have seen them at Costco. Now, Costco. Not the best ones because usually when you see Costco Lucky, ones. they would they would help you on do it. No, they're Lucky Brand sold at Costco, and they also mm. have Levi's, which I think mm. will be another good starting point for you because you can't beat a good pair of Levi's. So this is still a very exciting time for all of us. 2022 is off to a hopping start. Oh, hot. Oh, I mean, hot, hot. I thought I'd be asleep the whole month, but I'm just a wide awake. Meteoric <laughs> rise. I mean, Gavin, the, Mr. Cockroach over here, 560 <laughs> years old, has, he's been awake this whole time. I mean, the most, this has been the most awake January I've, I can remember. <laughs> and it's been a while. Okay. Anyway, Gavin, uh, yeah. uh, I just do want to say that we, we, Besides this voicemail, we have one after this. Okay. But, uh, there were two that someone called in and started and mm-hmm. then just stopped. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was pressure or what, but no pressure. No pressure. I want you to call back in and and leave a nice voice. Yeah, get okay? some talking points down and just lay it on us. Lay it on us, okay? 
You know, jean racks. It, 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 oh, I need to know more about jeans. If you like Crocs, even though we're trying to Ooh, stop God. the Croc talk, let's stop. Uh, but You're not going to mesh the two, are you? <laughs> Who could say? <laughs> Who could say? I don't know. Am I contributing to some sort of catastrophe here? I never even thought about it. Crocs then, and jeans. Then never think of it again. But Pretend anyway, <laughs> Gavin, take it out, you know? Say goodbye. All right, folks. Well, uh, you heard AT putting that call. Their call to action, one of the few we can actually do, is to give us a call at 803-563-7169 and just let us know what's going on. We're here for you. It's a wild January. Help contribute to the chaos by calling us at 803-563-7169. You can also leave us a wonderful review on iTunes. We love those as well. Follow us on social media. We have an Instagram account. If you're a new listener, you might not know that. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SCLeadPod and find the best memes by any public media station. I can say that. All right? I'm just going to say it. Also, stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Okay. <sighs> it's true. We are in a simulation. I can say that because I watched The Matrix yesterday. All right? I think I know a few things.